also our generation kind of coming to that age maybe that's why I'm kind of thinking that this might be like the trend this year but I think this year is going to be farmer's market local food like we're supporting ourselves now we're buying our own food now we are going to we're going to be doing it right and we're going to be doing it in a really peaceful fulfilling way This is Anastasia, coming back at you with another episode of That's Rad, a podcast presented by the Littleton Food Co-op. Can you believe we're in the year 2022? I certainly cannot. But then again, in my brain, I'm still like 16 and it's still cool to do a duck face peace sign in every single photo. So what do I really know? In 2022, we'll be experiencing some pretty impressive milestones. The co-op will celebrate its 13th anniversary. That's Rad will be in its third year of production. And I'm going to be turning 25. And I'm sure you all have some milestones of your own, whether they be personal, professional, or community-based. Aside from the big things we all know are coming this year, The remaining, what, 362 days of the year are a wide open plane of possibilities. Some people like to try and predict and plan what's coming. Others like to go with the flow. I'm usually somewhere in between. But this year, I decided to join in the club of people mapping out what they think the food world will look like in 2022. So I recruited my fellow foodie friend, Keaton, and we conspired to do just that. Give it a listen and see if you like the world we envision for the coming year. Okay, hi everyone. I am super excited right now to introduce my next podcast guest. With me today, I have my dear friend, Keaton. And when I thought of this idea for today's episode, she was the first person I thought of. Uh, We met back when I was a student at Simmons University, and she was right next door at Emanuel College, both in Boston. And we really bonded over our love of food and our fellow foodie status. And now she is a master's candidate for Integrated Food Studies at the University of Copenhagen. So we are, I did not sadly fly out for this. Um, Our budget hasn't gotten to that point yet. Maybe a couple sponsors could help with that, but we're over Zoom today. Um, So if, I don't know how this audio is gonna turn out. Um, We will, we will find out. But Keaton, thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for the lovely intro. I'm I'm so excited to to chit-chat for a little while. Yeah, so today we're going to be chit-chatting about our thoughts on what food is going to look like in 2022. Now, this is something that people talk about every year. You know, food is our, such a huge part in our lives. And naturally, the new year is a time to kind of reset, restart, and 
reevaluate where we are and where we want to be with our personal food, but also with our food systems as a whole. Um, so by the time this comes out, we're a little bit into the new year, um, but we still just wanted to talk about what the rest of the year might have in store for us. Obviously, we are not experts, um, and this is, I think, as everything I say in my life, going to be like part serious, part just just vibes. It's fun. <laughs> but I thought first we could talk a little about what some experts actually have thought and written about. So we have here a New York Times article from the end of 2021 called How Will Americans Eat in 2022? The Food Forecasters Speak. And this was written by Kim Severson. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, along with whoever else they talked to for this article. Um, so we just wanted to go through what they said and, you know, see, see what we think. See if this is actually the direction we think the world is heading in. Sound good? Yes, I'm so excited. Okay. So the first thing they say, the ingredient of the year is going to be mushrooms. Mm. I don't... So I, I actually wrote in my little thing that we'll do later that I said I thought mushrooms were going to make a comeback. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say like ingredient of the year. But yeah, I think I think they'll be popping. I think they'll be out here. Yeah, I was kind of excited to see them on this list because I like I'm all for the mushroom. I'm excited about them. I think they make things good, especially like in a lot of plant-based circles. They're like kind of meteor like umami. And I think I I saw this on your notes as well. So like quick spoiler, but I think you're right. People need to admit that they like them. People need to get on board with the mushroom like I think it will up everybody's dishes I think it will be delicious and yeah I agree I don't know ingredient of the year but I think that that's optimistic and I like it yeah there's nothing wrong with a little optimism for 2022 we could probably all use that definitely but too I think and we can talk about this later too but I think with people saying they don't like them it's like we just categorize them as one thing when there's so many different types. Like there's mm. the the more basic types, like, you know, the white, criminy, shiitake, all that. But then you get into like chicken of the wood and oyster and maitake and all of that. Like I, I don't feel like we can just lump those all into one category and then one person can just be like, I don't like that like that's a blanket statement that's so true and like it's almost like saying like oh I don't like vegetables I don't like fruit like there's so many kinds yeah but that's very true and this article is talking about all the different uses as well like it was talking about um using the like stems of the oyster mushrooms for scallops have you seen that like as a scallop replacement I have not seen that I will I've been wanting to try this so bad but I haven't really seen like just in any, I mean, I probably haven't been looking hard enough, but I haven't found the right mushrooms. I think, yeah, they say king oyster mushrooms. Oh my gosh, it looks exactly like scallops. They like fry them, pan sear them, 
insane. And like, I kind of imagine the texture being similar. Like that makes sense to me. I, I could see it too. I don't have too much familiarity with scalps, but thinking about looks, if it's like what this picture is, like I could see it. And, and we've come so far as a society, especially with vegan vegetarian alternatives with spices and with cooking methods and all that and making anything taste like anything else. So I bet it could be done. I like this. So the drink of the year, I don't think there was a specific drink they said, but it was more of the era, I guess you could say, that we were, I, I don't know, I found this so interesting that they really said that we're going back to like the original hard cocktail, mixed drink beer, what does it say, Blue Lagoon, Tequila Sunrise, Long Island Iced Tea, all of that. Which, I know, finding out Long Island iced teas didn't have any iced tea in them was, I think, like, <laughs> coming of age moment for, for my childhood. <laughs> the age of innocence is over. But, but I think this is really interesting because I actually, in my personal life and in social media and all that, I've seen a lot of people moving away from alcohol in general or just like hard liquor like where you're seeing maybe more in our generation a bigger push towards sobriety and I think that a lot of that has to do with everything we've seen from COVID with the everyone being isolated and just a rise in depression anxiety and people are are maybe starting to realize that in their personal lives that alcohol doesn't really mix well with any of those things going on right now so I, I don't know if I can agree with this, actually. What about you? Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think it kind of, I mean, as with most predictions, it kind of seems like a little bit out of the blue. I like just in general, this is very, you know, minuscule, but I like the concept of picturing all of these drinks with like the little toothpick umbrella in them. Like, I feel like that's the genre of drink they're talking about. Like anything they would serve you with that in it. So I really like that concept, but no, I totally agree. I feel like, I feel like there's not a lot of people like, you know, like really going hard with the drinks right now, at least that I've seen. I'm not too sure. I've had a couple of friends, including my boyfriend, go to like bartending schools. Like that kind of gets them like into like the wedding scene. Um, But again, that's kind of more for like making some cash than it is like, you know, well, I guess they're kind of interested in learning more about the drinks, but I don't really know much about drink cycles and as far as like trends go. So maybe they would know more about that, but it looks tasty. looks fun. I love your mention of the tiny umbrellas because maybe that, maybe that can be on our list. Instead of just the drink, we can bring back tiny umbrella supremacy. And, yes. and move towards a society where we can put that tiny umbrella in any drink. No alcohol required. It could go in water and that needs to be okay. Yes, I want it in my morning cold brew. Like, I want it in yes. a little lemonade. I want it everywhere. I'll even reuse it. We can be sustainable with it. Yes. Okay, so the next thought is called Seaweed to the Rescue. And this is talking about how we're going to move, I think what it's saying is we're going to move away from seaweed and kelp being more of a high end, a very marginalized thing, whether it be like with sushi, 
or any other Asian cuisine or Pacific coastland cuisine and move into more everyday foods like pasta and salsa. Mm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, like, I feel like this one really makes sense to me. I feel like that totally resonates with me, but I think, like, I like that it says, it says, oh, no, it says to the rescue. I feel like it should say seaweed reimagined. Like, I feel like we're going to, like you were saying, like, see it in a whole new way. For example, I've been seeing a lot of different plant-based fish recipes using seaweed to make, like, in the marinade to make it taste fishier and have that kind of, like, oceany taste. And like little anecdote here as well, on my campus currently, there's a couple of different food masters and we kind of interact in different ways. And one of the other food masters is, can't remember the exact name, but it's something about like innovations in the food system. I'm, I'm mixing it up right now because I just took a class called innovation. So, but I know that there's a specific food masters with innovation. And so they're always working on like new cool recipes or systemic innovations, all these things. However, one day they were doing a lab and like a survey kind of thing using seaweed in plant-based fish alternatives. And so they were making these like protein fish patties and like they had a bunch of them like all cut up for us to sample and kind of like do a little review on kind of thing, I guess. Like we would go into the, the survey and kind of say what we thought each ingredient was or what was going on. Um, and this was just one of the groups. There's a bunch of other ones now that I'm thinking of it. But I remember seeing this and being like, oh, that's like really interesting. And it did make it taste like that, like fishiness. And so I feel like that's like kind of a big thing, even if it's not plant-based, like something in pasta, I could see it being like a seaweed kind of sauce type of thing. But if the students of, you know, innovation and food are kind of like using that as an ingredient, then that's maybe maybe another telltale that that's kind of something that could like be coming in the food trends this year, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's something I never really would have thought of. And I don't know if that's just because I'm not a huge like seaweed person myself. Like at least like once every six months, I try to convince myself that I like those dried seaweed snacks and it never works out. I'm like, oh, maybe this time. But no. Um, but yeah, that from a plant-based perspective, that sounds very interesting and like it would be very beneficial to have that substitution available. I mean, we, we got to stop relying on cauliflower at some point. Maybe this could be the new cauliflower. Um, and I also like here that it says kelp has a great nutritional profile and it also removes carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and nitrogen from the ocean. We are all about saving the planet here, so I like that even more. Yeah, that's super cool. And I think I've heard that too, that it's a super like sustainable option as far as food goes. So maybe we need to make a little uh, mushroom marinade with the, with the seaweed and make our scallops taste like scallops. Our mushroom scallops be seaweed mushroom fusion. Yes. And then for dessert, we can have this next topic of candy nostalgia. So what they were talking about specifically here was a rise in nostalgic childhood favorites from China and South Korea. And it may sound kind of random, but they say this was 
brought on by a lot of Netflix shows like Squid Game, that was a popular one in 2022, and other shows and media that brought these back and kind of showcased them and made people be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, let me let me get back into that food. Hmm. Did you watch Squid Game? I didn't. Did you? Neither did I. No. Yeah, no, so but I, I did see this candy. Oh. Yeah, oh. I saw it just in general, like online, on TikTok, on Instagram, and I, I was intrigued by it. So it did get out. Yeah, and I think I could see even a rise in, like, U.S. candy coming back, maybe more from, like, the 90s, early 2000s, because that was when kind of our generation grew up and had those, like, that was when our nostalgia goes back to. Um, So I see now that we're becoming adults on our own, you, you know, it's nice to have something to look back to and and I think taste is something so powerful that can transform. Like, it can bring you right back to a place, a moment, or a person that I could definitely see this happening across all cultures. Totally. And when you said that, it gave me, like, a That's So Raven moment of, like, seeing, like, the the candies, <clears throat> like, utilizing their, maybe their wrappers from the 90s or something. So, like, they look kind of like that nostalgic-y you know, vintage kind of rapper. Like, I could totally see something like that happening. <laughs> Any candy company execs out there listening, give Keaton credit for that idea. Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this next one is called Robusta Rising. I'm not a coffee person. I have no idea if I said that correctly. Um, but basically what they're talking about is the fourth wave coffee movement. I guess the third wave was built on Arabica, Arabica coffee. And they're saying this next one is going to be this kind of coffee that's called Robusta, uh, a buttery, heavily caffeinated workhorse that is less expensive and easier to cultivate. I like that. I like that a lot of these trends that we're looking at are like talking about sustainable like they're like predicting a lot of sustainable things like I feel like it's good that that's happening because I think we should start seeing it as if we don't have any other choice other than to like go down that path so whether it's a trend whether it's something people are interested in like I'll take any form that it comes like that's kind of cool to me that this is what they're talking about yes and I was going to say that I see this I don't know if it will be this coffee type or a different coffee type or no coffee at all, but I definitely see something is going to happen with coffee because even back in 2021, we were seeing like coffee prices were rising, even like coffee cup prices were rising. I remember there was a solid like six week stretch where our local coffee shop could not get any lids for their cups. So like something is going to happen with the coffee industry. And I think people, you can't just make the entire world go cold turkey from coffee. So I think if this is a easier to cultivate and stronger coffee, I don't see why it couldn't be the next big thing. I think people will go looking for something and if it's here, then it's going to be that. Totally. Okay. I feel like this one might be like a little controversial. It's entitled Tasty Tasty. Tableware, and it's talking about the rise in 
edible, you know, plates, cups, forks, chopsticks, everything. Have you ever used edible anything? I Not that I can think of. I've definitely heard of it. But, like, do you think it tastes good? Like, do you think it just tastes like, like, it? what we're looking at, this picture of this cup with the, like, oats next to it is just reminding me of, like, the pulp when I make oat milk. And I'm like, <laughs> is it going to be, like, tasty? Is it going to be cute? Like, is it going to dissolve in my hands? Like, I what, know. what's going on? I don't know. I haven't really had any experience with it either. I think from my understanding at least back when it first became a thing a couple years ago the idea was like to make it a really neutral flavor so that it could kind of complement whatever you were eating so like that might be where the oats comes from like if you were eating soup like you don't necessarily want like a peppermint flavored spoon I'm just thinking of those like peppermint totally. that you can make like you don't want that like it's supposed to be it could go with anything but I don't know if long term that's going to keep people attracted to the idea of it yeah it kind of almost seems like it's maybe like I, I here's the issue I want to be on board with this so bad like I think like the first two or three times I was given like an edible coffee cup I'd be like so excited about it but like thinking more long term I think as it gets more normalized like it almost kind of seems like a bit of a chore like it's like okay like you finish your coffee now you have to like, like oh I have eat to this eat this cracker yeah. yeah and on the other hand like I could also see just like a bunch of them ending up in the trash and then that's just more food waste too so like I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued, but I'm not totally sold. And I want to be, but I'm not. And my question, too, is about the hygiene of these things. So I'm thinking about, so you're at Starbucks and they're like, here's your edible cup. It's like, okay, did you hand me this cup, like, with your hands? on it and then like or did you slide it across your counter where like everything else has slid across but then if it's it is wrapped then it's like okay is it wrapped in plastic did we just then what's the, the purpose <laughs> so I I don't so for that reason I don't think I can say this is going to be something in 2022 I don't think the general public is there enough I think we have to first master maybe well first we have to wrap master reusable silverware and Mm -hmm. containers and things like that and then I think we go to compostable and then maybe five ten years down the line we can come back to these edible tableware yeah I totally agree I totally agree (laughs) you know I I I don't want to say it. I don't like this one. <laughs> Me neither. Okay, so they call, they call this next <laughs> sugar and swipe. S W I C E. So cringy. And then talk about more mashups in flavors like swicey and. <laughs> And swap. 
Mm-mm. And Swalty. Um, and it's a new phraseology that reflects an even wider embrace of flavor fusion. I like the idea. A I think they need a rebrand. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something that BuzzFeed would tell me that I am on a quiz. <laughs> Like, I'm not gonna lie. It definitely sounds like a boomer wrote this. A boomer above. And it's like, it makes me think of that. Oh, what show is it from? But the guy's like, hey there, fellow kids. (laughs) What is that? I I can't remember. But in any case, I think, yeah, I think this, this could happen. We're just like, you know, everyone's home, everyone's getting a little more experimental, um, we're tired of eating the same things, so people want to see, hey, you know what, what happens if I mix X with Z instead of X with Y? You know, it's it's not something, I don't think, too far out of our capabilities, and I think it's something that could last way beyond 2022. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like sweet and salty, I like sweet and spicy. Will I be using Swice? Probably not. (laughs) Will I ridicule it? Maybe a little. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's just a word. People can do what they want to do. Yeah. I see this as something, some national brand, or maybe like a Trader Joe's coming out with a spice called like Swice. Yes. That's some mix of like cinnamon, sugar, and like black pepper or something. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that. So the next is, uh, the flavor of the year is hibiscus, apparently. What do we think? Do we think it's the flavor of the year? I'm not sure if I agree. However, I'm a big hibiscus gal. If there's ever a drink on a menu that's like hibiscus, like I will be purchasing that. However, it seems a bit like random to me. It does. It does. It's very... Well, we brand it as a very, like, summer or spring thing. And I don't mm. know if we're there yet to, to bring it into fall and winter and, and also into food. I feel like it's a more beverage-based thing. I agree. And also, I, I'm not sure I can totally see it. Like, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure I can totally see it, like, totally integrating into a, a savory context. Like, maybe I could see, like, some little hibiscus flowers on, like, a fancy piece of fish or, like, on a fancy roasted chicken but like I'm not sure I could totally like flavor wise see it fully in a savory recipe yeah I get that okay almost there uh the next one is a focus on India Um, so it's just saying that you know we haven't been able to do a lot of worldly travel so people are trying to get that same experience by cooking foods of different nations so this year it's going to be a lot of experiments with Indian food I I don't know like I love Indian food I don't really see I guess I don't see like why it has to be a trend Mm. like I don't know how to explain it but like I don't know that doesn't maybe it could be more of like maybe it could be more of like a learning opportunity than like just a trend like trend kind of 
indicates that it's going to be like in and out but like i think maybe this could be the year we finally learn that indian food is more than like tikka masala and butter chicken like but like make that a lasting thing like maybe we get some more like regional dishes on the menus of like our or well they're of course on the menus but you know on what we're ordering basically yeah yeah i and i don't know if that's what they were trying to say but i really like that and just have it yeah expand the palette in terms of what we brand as indian food and and maybe i feel like when people think of going out or like getting a international dish it's like okay we're gonna get chinese mexican italian like indian food is thought of as like a a second round or something it's not really at the forefront so making it higher on our list and um, supporting those small businesses true and go to your local bazaars that's like the best place to get food i also absolutely hate this last one. Oh wait it's not the last one this second to last one, um, the vibe of the year. <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> it, it's basically something that should not be a trend. It's basically just saying like, hey, we as service people and restaurant folks and supply chain folks and grocery store folks are going through a lot right now. So be nice to us. And I fully agree with that trend, but also I really hope it does not take an article from the New York Times for you to understand that you should be nice to people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The vibe of the year is kindness. Like, <laughs> that sounds like something I like wrote in my journal when I was like in 2010. Like, the vibe of 2010, my 2010 resolution is to be kind. And then this last one, which I'm very surprised is the last one. It just, is this about alcohol too? Or is it just saying? It seems it. It says a lot of things in this one. Yeah. So, so what the title of the point is called, it's called a buffet of other bites. Beyond the big trends are a long menu of, oh, beyond the big trends are a long menu of smaller ones. So just saying that there's going to be a lot of other smaller trends, which makes sense. Makes sense. Cool. Okay. So, so overall, how do we feel? Like, were they spot on? Did they miss the mark? Did they, how'd they do? Do um, we believe them? I'm like 70, 30, mm, 60, 40, like 60%. I'm like, yes. I, I agree. I could totally see that in 40. I'm like, that's a bit, I'm not too sure, but go off. Like, no, what I about think, you? I think that's a good ratio. And I, I give them a lot of credit for doing this. Like, I mean, even when I was thinking of my own, what my own thoughts would be, I'm like, I don't tend to think of things, especially food past like the day. Or like the week. Like I could not tell you what's going to happen this summer for my food. So, you know, props to the New York Times and to everyone else who wrote an article about this of for putting yourself out there, giving it a shot. 
room definitely do deserve a lot of credit it's not an easy thing to do and i guarantee any of their results will be more accurate than my like random guesses <laughs> oh my gosh we should like come back at the end of the year and see what came true and like if any of ours did if any of theirs yeah. did <laughs> Oh my god, we so should. I would love that. Okay, so speaking of which, um, I tasked Keaton and myself to come up with our own trend predictions for this great year of 2022. Uh, So I thought we could just, you know, take turns um, sharing what we came up with and talk about them, maybe get into some healthy debate or just agree with a lot of things. Yeah, let's see it. Okay, so the first one I had was the cupcake comeback. I said we are regressing back into 2012 to that 2014 era where everyone was just like really into cupcakes. I was not, I mean that was so long ago and I do not have the brain power that I do now so I don't remember like how that came about to begin with but I'm why I'm thinking it now is you know we're still dealing with COVID and you know there's going to be a higher need for those individualized desserts like I don't really want someone like pawing through my big cake or my big trifle like just give me my own little thing and then also they're portable so you know, we're running around everywhere. It's like, just grab it and go. And you're all set on dessert. Um, mm. So yeah, maybe some other 2012 to 2014 trends will come back. Like the fashion layering. Mm. I don't know. I don't really remember that time. All I remember is cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, I think I would really like to see the cupcake come back. But I think I would like to see it like take a step up like I think we could get some new frostings in here I think we could get some tastier frostings like Mm -hmm. that's something that like I feel strongly about like I feel like the typical like buttercream frosting she needs a revamp like she needs a glow up and if she's going to come back she has to come back with a bang however I do feel that like I live alone and I feel that craving like at night that like I just need a mini dessert. Like, I think that a lot. Like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm craving right now. Perhaps a cupcake could be fulfilling that for me. So I like that. Um, I will also use this as an aside to share one of the visions I've had for the world where we need, I mean, our bulk department at the Littleton Food Co-op needs to do this, but also just all and any bulk departments need to start selling sprinkles in bulk. Mm. Because, you know, you buy a jar of sprinkles and it's like a whole jar. It's like, I'm not going to use that. I just need, like, I'm making my 12 cupcakes for my birthday so I can bring into the sixth grade. I just need a little bit. And I think that would be so popular. So at Matt Perry, who is our bulk department manager, make it happen. Anyways, okay. You want to share? Yes, I can share one. I'm going to save this one for the end my first one for the end because we have that same one so we can talk about that together okay um I'm gonna go a little out of order here let's see okay one thing that I kind of am feeling like I'm gonna start with my biggest bet 
at being correct, if that makes sense. Like this is the one that I, I could see the most being an actual thing. And that is natural food colorings. I think there, there's so many things these days that we're seeing that can color things, uh, such as like spirulina that can color things bright blue. Although I also think they can color things green. And then like turmeric, of course, is like a beautiful yellow. I also think with this, we've been leaning more towards like any way we can like be like, oh yeah, and this has like added benefits of this, this, and this. Like people get really into that. And if you're just like making like a cute little, I don't know, like some cookies or something, and you can like say that like it's good for your immune system as well, and that's why it's bright pink, then like I think everyone will like totally lose it. And I think it would be fun. I think it will be uh like satisfy the you know like natural eaters out there and i think it will be colorful that's my first prediction i love that so much and i definitely could see that happening because it combined like so many people can get behind that like you're gonna have all the people who really care about their health who care about the health benefits you could even get like kids on board that with that like I can picture so many kids being like it's bright green like how did that happen and I mean clearly all the 20 year olds like me will be like how did that happen (laughs) (laughs) so this next one is I don't know if it'll necessarily be a trend it's kind of more just like a personal wish but we need an alternative pot beverage and the uh it's been something I've been thinking about a lot recently and we are in the deep depths of the New Hampshire winter and it's like two degrees outside right now and it's like I'm not a coffee drinker but it's like you don't necessarily want to drink coffee because it's usually caffeinated and also like I feel like coffee is kind of on its way out I don't know I feel like there are more people going other ways than coffee so you don't want coffee you don't want a hot chocolate because that's like for special occasions or it's like too chocolatey it's like a dessert and then it's like tea is great I love tea but it's like tea comes with that like you know cozy bundled up like relaxing vibe which you don't always want especially for like me if it's like the middle of the day or the morning and I have to go to work like tea puts me in that mindset of like oh let me cozy up on the couch with a blanket and a book so like I need something else Mm. so maybe if someone out there wants to share that there already is something out there let a girl know but we need a new hot beverage Mm. I totally agree I would go for like any hot beverage I could find like like I I would try anything at this point cool I I respect that that one's a personal wish I feel like that's very very valid and I totally get the vibe thank you of course um okay I think I'll go into another one as well uh this one's kind of controversial but um I think that in 2022 we deserve good salads (laughs) I think that I want to eat a salad and enjoy it. And I'm not saying like, oh, like I want to like eat healthier. Like I want to like, you know, eat 
like a nice light meal like no like bring on the carbs like i want to load up this salad with fun stuff like i'm talking like the era of like the taco salad like i just need good salads and also i've been seeing on tiktok this like chopped up like i think it's like cabbage cucumbers and then like um a homemade blended dressing super super chopped up eating it with chips essentially a salad dip i really oh. really like that right and just the act of like dipping a chip into like some nice cohesive mixture like i could just go at it all day so like i just want some i just want some reinvented salads i want some fun salads i want some tasty salads i want to feel full after eating them that's also kind of a wish but also i i think that we could do it controversial question let's hear you it would salsa be a salad dip discuss oh my god all right let's think about this <laughs> trying to think what would make it dip of course yes salad mm. like my does gut salad wants have to... to have lettuce in it my gut wants to say yes it has to have lettuce but then we get into egg salad tuna salad i'm not discrediting those as salads so then i want to say no which means maybe more things could be salad than we ever thought before, including maybe salsa. Mm. Jury's out on that one. This wasn't on my list, but I'm going to add that we're going to get into some ridiculous food debate this year again. Like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a, you know, all of those things. There's going to be some new one. Maybe it will be, is salsa a salad dip? (laughs) But we'll, we'll see. We will. Um, but my next one I had, I said that we need to go local everything. So obviously there are some people who already do this, but a lot of people, when they think of eating locally, they just think of produce and they think of it really happening in the summer, which is true to some extent in that A, it's the easiest to think about because, you know, you can drive by, at least here, you can drive by a local farm, you know, you just think of growing veggies next door, anything like that. But this is another trend that I think is going to be driven by the effects of COVID on supply chain issues, where in the past two years, we've seen how beneficial local suppliers can be to fill in the issues caused by the standardized supply chain and fill in the gaps there. So now I really think people, instead of just thinking about things that strictly come from farms, we're gonna expand the idea to be more about things that are locally produced. So we're gonna think about sauerkraut and pasta and granola and chocolate and anything like that. And I mean, that's a, prediction and a want to but I could see it happen happening especially as we move into kind of year three junior year of COVID yeah I really really like that and I totally agree my next one is also kind of similar um but again like talking about where I am right now because it is such an interesting like food hub but um one thing that's really interesting about Copenhagen is how like big the local drive is 
90% of the businesses here, that's a, the estimate, that's not hard numbers that I know, but so many of the businesses here are like either really small local chains or like just one of the business. Like I've never been in a city that's so like driven by individually run businesses. And um, there's this really cool municipality not too far that is like known as the organic municipality. And that is like the coolest place ever because like we went there on a like field trip basically. And we went to a brewery. We went to a sustainable chocolate factory, just like you were just talking about. We went to um, like a cafe bed and breakfast type of thing. And I think, oh, and we went to a farm. And like, of course there was a farm shop at the farm and you know, a place where you could buy beer and other things at the brewery. And all these places had their own little shops. And everywhere you went, like there would be stuff from the last place so like when we went to the brewery they had like stuff from the chocolate place and stuff from the farm and like oh like we went to a dairy farmer's well they had like their like cow's milk and everything and like that is like what I'm picturing when you're saying this because that's like for people like us ultimate dream like to just like be in your little niche of like local producers so totally totally love that one like very much and my next one is similar this, this is like smaller. I feel like I keep referencing TikTok, but I feel like that's my connection to like pop culture right now and also to like American pop culture because I feel like things like here in the sense of trends are like definitely different, which makes sense. But one thing that I think is farmers markets are going to be huge this season, like in the yes. spring and in this, right? Like I think they're going to be crazy. I think girlies get there early because your favorite producers are going to be selling out like which like we're happy to see like that's what we want we're not going to gatekeep farmers markets like go to town everybody but what I was saying with TikTok is Emily Mariko also a YouTuber I'm not sure if you've seen her but she is always posting like her farmers markets haul and like cute recipes that she's making and she supports like the same bakeries every time there and I think that like people especially myself are like really resonating with this like almost like domestic bliss of like getting yourself good food and cooking yourself a good meal and knowing that it's coming from a good place as well and I think that also like our generation kind of coming to that age maybe that's why I'm kind of thinking that this might be like the trend quote-unquote this year but I think this year is going to be like farmer's market local food like we're supporting ourselves now we're buying our own food now like we are going to we're going to be doing it right and we're going to be doing it in a really peaceful fulfilling way fingers crossed (laughs) it's like I remember growing up and thinking of the farmer's market like it was like oh you have to get up early on a Saturday and it's like full of old people and like these (laughs) random products that I don't understand But now I feel like our generation has really like taken back ownership of the experience. And like we were saying, it's like this little blissful time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to grab my tote bag and I'm going to get the baguette that's going to stick two thirds of the way out. And I'm going to get the lettuce and the kale and the tomatoes. And I mean, at our local farmer's market, my favorite thing is to get the ice cream there. Uh, and there's some other little treats and it's just you know reclaiming that experience and making it your own and I really I really do hope everyone has the chance to experience that 
in 2022. So to bring it all full circle, I think both of ours are kind of in the same vein for our, our final trend. We're back on the mushrooms. People, it's 2022. Mushrooms. We're going to stop being babies and thinking that mushrooms are gross. Amen. And that's that's all I have to say, you know? Just, <laughs> like, I don't want to say man up because that's so many issues with that, but, like, mushroom up, you know? Mushroom up, guys. Power up like a mushroom. They're so versatile. They're so good. They can do anything. They can do no wrong. Be a mushroom. I agree. I agree. I agree. That was also my final one, as you were saying. But then a couple of other thoughts came to my mind, like underneath that umbrella. You were talking about hot beverages. Have you seen these like mushroom coffee, like mushroom drinks? It's basically like powdered. Maybe that's maybe in 2022, like when we start warming up to mushrooms, maybe we'll get there. Have you tried it? I haven't. As much as I like mushrooms, I'm scared. Yeah, me too. I'm honestly more scared about the texture than I am about the taste. But also at this, like, I don't know, I feel like it'll be really thick. And that kind of like freaks me out for some reason, even though I like things like smoothies and hot chocolate. I don't know. But also, I as long as it's like sweet, I think that's okay. Because I don't think I could totally commit to like a savory beverage unless I'm like sipping on some broth, but that's different. But maybe, maybe we'll get there with, with mushroom coffee while we're on yeah. the mushroom journey here. Yeah, if anyone out there has tried it, let us know. Yeah, and let us know like how to try it too, like what yeah. what brand I or like where to go. You put like, like I don't even know how to start it? that. Yeah. Also, I don't even know if it's sweet or savory. Like I'm debating that, but I actually have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I also think that something along the lines of this that could gain some popularity, but also this could just be my personal life is maybe some more foraging uh mushrooms are like kind of like not an easy thing to like instantly go into but i feel like if people start getting interested in mushrooms then they'll be like oh like like i feel like that's a very tangible like where does my food come from kind of thing and i feel like maybe it'll kind of be like ooh, what like in my yard can i eat like maybe i should like pick some of i don't know like these little grass i always see like by the corner maybe that's something edible like but just like low-key easy things like that so that's my mushroom tangent. I like it. And I was going to say, too, going off of that, like, urban foraging, too. Like, it's not just something you have to be in the middle of the woods for. It can be as simple as your backyard or your street or whatnot. I remember I was on a trip back in 2020, I think, with our mutual friend, Sunny. Shout out to Sunny. Um, and we were, I think, in Maine and with a bunch of other people and they just started being like oh or urban foraging and like started like these berries on like the random side of the road and I was like what is going on um so (laughs) it's definitely it's definitely not just you I think it could be it could be a trend I could see it yeah that'd be super cool and especially here too again my last Copenhagen plug but it's so big here um because like Copenhagen is home to like the record time and time again um 
best restaurant in the world and they they're like um they're called noma i'm sure a lot of people out there have heard um but they have a really big emphasis on foraging and the head chef renee redzepi he um has created this app um it's in danish so i won't ridicule myself by trying to pronounce it but it translates to wild food and it's a map of Copenhagen and everybody plugs what they find and where they find it. And there's recipes and there's guides with all the different things. Um, and there's like, you know, foraging etiquette, like don't take everything. And maybe we could get some more stuff like that going on in the States because that is like so fun and so cool. And like, especially in urban settings where people like don't always think so much about their food. That is so cool. And I think that could even bring in a new trend of like the idea of sharing is caring like just understanding that we can't treat our food systems so selfishly and whether that being focusing on your personal food waste donating to food pantries going back to the classic idea of like lending a neighbor a cup of sugar or like giving away stuff from your garden just like being more cooperative if you would, with everything in your food system. I love it. Um, So wrapping up here, do you see anything like in your personal life, any trends in your personal food life coming to light this year in 2022? Ooh, that's such a good question. I think like I'm kind of in this weird spot right now because like all of my friends here are all from different countries. So I think like right now, like I've just been learning a lot from all of my friends and learning um, everybody's different cooking habits and eating habits and approaches to food. And like me and my friends like to cook dinner together a lot. So that's really nice. So I think a trend for me has been like just kind of learning about everyone's different eating habits. Um, I have a really, really tiny kitchen showing you right now <laughs> but it's um it's a kitchenette so it's it's super small but I kind of want to you know keep getting myself acquainted with it and I feel like even though I've been here for like five months now I want to get used to like my my total routine in this kitchen and making some nice things um a bit easier so I don't know I guess those are more like personal journeys than they are just like individual like recipes and stuff like that but yeah, I think that's a big one. I also want, I got a lot of um, cookbooks for Christmas and I managed to bring a bunch back and I really want to cook more from cookbooks too, because I feel like so much of the time I just get lazy and Google a recipe or I'm not even using a recipe, but like I want to have some really nice evenings with myself where I'm just opening up a cookbook and running to the grocery store. And I, I want to be, I want to be supporting my favorite cookbook authors in that way too. I agree. I also got a lot of cookbooks for the holidays and I feel like it's kind of funny because I hear more often people saying they want to get off cookbooks and be more like experimental freehand but it's like I feel like I got it like I got a master step one of getting on the cookbook (laughs) and like having theoretically more of a guarantee that it'll come out good. But but for me, I said um, my food trend of the year is just going to be a meal of like three plus 
random things on a potato. Oh, yes. And, like, that is a meal. I absolutely love that. And when I say random, like, I mean, like, the most random things you can think of that should no, in no way go together and, like, put it on either a good old russet, a good old sweet potato. Sweet potatoes are usually the best. Um, And then calling it a meal. And living with the stigma that comes with it. Valid. Yeah. That's so valid. I want to see some pictures of those potatoes, please. Okay, I will. I'll send them your way. Okay, well, so I think we we really covered, I think, anything you can cover in terms of food trends for 2022. But, I mean, maybe 2022 will surprise us. And, like, they'll just be a whole new food group um, that we hadn't even thought of. Uh, but, Keaton, thank you so much for coming on That's Rad today and doing oh. this. Um, you had thank you so much for having Yeah, you had such good insights that I definitely not would not have thought about myself. And speaking of, I feel like I get a lot of my foodie ideas from you. So, do you want to tell people, like, where they can keep up with your Copenhagen adventures and, and get some more food ideas themselves? Totally, yes. So I actually have a really tiny little food um, Instagram, and I also like to post some outfits on there too. That's another interest of mine is, you know, thrifting and that whole that whole deal. Um, but it's at food.n.fits, so like food and fits, on Instagram. So feel free to check me out on there. I usually just post whatever the heck I'm cooking and what I'm wearing. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for that plug. It always looks really good, I can confirm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to, in my opinion, another great episode of That's Rad, a podcast presented by the Littleton Food Co-op. I always love it when my job lets me talk to my friends and showcase how cool they are to all of you. Thanks again to Keaton for sharing her thoughts and laughs with me today. And to Kim Severson of the New York Times for their article that served as our inspiration. If you're ever bored, this was actually a pretty fun exercise in both pragmatic and creative exploration of the future of our food systems. Hey, you could even rope in a friend or two like I did and compare notes. And if you do, let me know what you came up with. If you want to hear more from That's Rad, make sure you're one of our subscribers on either Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review, a good review preferred. Until next time, remember to eat, sleep, and be rad. Rad is a production of the Littleton Food Co-op. Anastasia Marr directs and hosts. Jesse Smith and Annie Stewart produce. Becky Colpitz provides unrelenting positivity and moral support. 
the Littleton Food Co-op is Littleton, New Hampshire's community-owned grocery store. We put our money where your mouth wants to be. Local farms, of course. No membership is required to shop here. Come check us out sometime, just off exit 41 at 43 Bethlehem Road in Littleton. Or if you're online, check us out at littletoncoop.com.